0: Welcome to Picks with the Professor, the show where a real statistics professor and his friends give you sports betting tips. I'm your host, Professor Sides, and this college basketball episode covers select games scheduled to be played on Friday, December 16th, 2022. If you're here, check out the webpage on the banner. It's www.pickswitheprofessor.com slash new for some explanations, goals, and community rules. So always remember there are no locks in gambling. So what sideline provides are loves, likes, and leans that is A, B, and C grades indicate its confidence level with respect to scaling wagers it's outlined in more detail on that webpage, I recommend playing the A plays at one unit, plays we give out here at a half unit or additional half unit, though the A plus play of the day gets an extra full unit because it's one that will count for both myself and my co-host. There also picks given out on the website and Patreon plays of the day in the Discord chat that I also recommend an extra half unit and the compilation of those recommended results can be found both on the bet stamp and in the Google Sheet. Links are all in the show description. A Google sheet also contains a full set of projections of picks on every single game. And for early acts to those picks that have already been released, hit up Patreon. That link is in the crawler below. It's also where you can access the discord chat, which is the best place to get questions answered about these or other games. But as always take what you like and leave the rest. Lastly, please understand that good and bad variants will occur. So as much as we'd like to see, we'll be profitable each and every day. And that is an impossible reality for any gambler. Uh, Jake, we're recording here on Thursday. We've already had the day game. Uh, The Elon Presbyterian, uh, first off, I have to say, that was like the most terrible basketball game I've watched in a long time. It was Mm -hmm. a billion whistles, about a
1: billion missed threes. The rest really didn't know what they were doing sometimes. They were just randomly stopping the game with like four and a half minutes left. Yeah, and,
0: and and it was like a bunch of them were
1: like actual fouls and a
0: bunch of them were like, why are you calling this? And then, like I said, just some bad shots and just it was just an ugly game. We kind of expected it to be ugly. I mean, I, I think we predicted basically that um, at some point, the luck on that is going to flip. I feel like you had a yellow plus five, the whole game we're looking at thinking that was a fantastic pick. And we're talking about, Hey, we talked about money line. They're running away with this. And they just forgot to play. Uh, I give up the under as one of the plays of the day. And that misses because of a three pointer <laughs> taken with like 10 seconds to go when the team's down by nine, just jacking it up. Nothing but net like, it, it, and it gets it to where the I think the total loses by like a point and uh, the side yeah. loses by like a point yeah. And it's like, yeah. you know, I, I, like you said, I'd I much, rather, much rather have the Louisville situation where yeah. we just like we're flat out wrong. We're like, okay, fine. Yeah. You know, yeah. we're going to be wrong. Move on to the next one. Um, I, it feels like it, it when those day games, it just puts a bad taste in your mouth for the rest of the afternoon,
1: you know? Yeah. well, The only way to look at it is like, maybe we got the bad luck out of the way already and we're going to have a great there you go. Thursday going into Friday here. And it'll be... Hopefully that's the way it goes.
0: Uh, people, I mean, I have never said that I was a more optimistic person. You. I think you, uh, of the this relationship, I think you were the more optimistic person of us. I like how you're providing that support for I us. Exactly, exactly. All right, we're not going to cover every game on this episode, but we're going to cover a handful of them. It's also a short Friday slate. We're getting this out to you earlier than usual kind of operating on the friday schedule uh today uh but before we get to these games and reminders please hit that like button if you're on youtube also if you aren't yet please consider subscribing or following it's free and if you turn on notifications don't miss any college basketball and college football content that this channel provides i already mentioned the patreon but check it out if you haven't yet lots of great benefits we found there above and beyond what we do here membership starts at just three dollars per month www.patreon.com slash picture with the professor but even if you aren't there we're still thrilled to have you here we'll get to it all lines courtesy of bet online Sign up, link in the show description and current as the time of this recording on Thursday. It's 5 p.m. Central time. So who knows where the numbers go from here? But as of now, everything is at least current. The A-plus play of the day, there's three A-grade plays. We're going to cover two of them here for you in this show. There's another one for you in the sheet. Uh, but the one that I, I gave you two, mm-hmm. and you took that two and said this is your favorite. So of all the plays, this is our best play. And we're going to each count this towards our record. 6 p.m. Central, Central Connecticut State at Manhattan. Manhattan. Is laying three and a half points. Sideline says it should be six and a half. This spread, you, you don't give a, a huge home court edge for these games. The travel is usually really slow, usually not big crowds. So you you give a pretty small home court edge, but this number almost implies as if these two teams are relatively close. Manhattan's just a little bit better, but I think Manhattan's a lot better here. Kind of a situation where it looks like the books basically just hung the Kin Palm number. Small schools not know what to do with it, but I, I think the talent gap is a little bit bigger here than people realizing that's what the model would seem to indicate. So we're going to back Manhattan laying three and a half. Again, model says we've got about a three-point edge here from what the numbers should be. Jake, from your perspective, why is this the best bet of the night on Friday? Like,
1: this is definitely one of the ones you don't have to watch to make the money. This is bad basketball. You've got this game provides absolutely no offensive skill between the two teams. Both are in the 330s for offensive metrics. And to be fair, also no defensive skill. Yeah, yeah. I mean, at least Manhattan puts an attempt on the, on the defensive end. Uh, yeah, so, yeah. The, the Central Connecticut doesn't, and that's one reason we're going to like, we like Manhattan. Um, they also play at a pretty fast, faster pace, giving us some more chances to cover a short number here. Um, considering Manhattan lost their coach a week or two beforehand, uh, like mm. before the season started, they're doing better than expected. I expected them to be up there with Hartford where thought whole chaos situation. And they mm, seem mm. to be doing a little better. Um, uh, like Samir Stewart is a pretty decent player and he's got a pretty good guard with him too. And Ant Nelson, uh, the, I mean, they've got three other people averaging double digits, but they have a little bit of depth to them where central Connecticut is just bad and thin and doesn't have anything around. I, I don't think they'll be able to hang around in this game. I think Manhattan gets, gets up around 10 and it probably finishes under 10, but I think it's closer to 10 than it is four.
0: Yeah, when you look at Central Connecticut State this year, they've just got the one win inexplicably to Dartmouth. Of course, that was at home. Um, Most of Central Connecticut's games, they've either lost handily Uh or the games they've hung in there to teams around Manhattan's talent level. You think with a number as short as three and a half, it's it's either – we got a good chance. Again, there's no locks in gambling, but we got a good chance for Manhattan to just kind of run away with this and just have a nice little easy nine-point victory, or if they do hang around, three and a half is an easy number to cover with just a couple late fouls. You don't need, sometimes that six, seven number, you want to feel like you're going to be out better than, than not because if it's close at seven or seven and a half, especially right when you, when you cross over to past six, past seven, sometimes you need like three fouls. Late and it's like depending on how the game goes, you may not get that right. But at three and a half, you don't need a lot of fouls. You just need potentially just like one late foul can get you over the numbers. So it's a great number to invest in the home team here when we think the home team is a little bit better than Central Connecticut State uh, for us here on Friday. That'll take us to the best B side. 7 p.m. Central Chicago State is getting 15 and a half points at Southern Illinois. Chicago State showing a little bit of a pulse lately out of nowhere. They, they weren't an auto fade last year because the number got so high. They were a terrible team last year. This year, they look, what's one notch above terrible? Very bad, right? I mean, they're still not good by any stretch of the imagination, but they actually have looked like not quite like a basement dweller, which, you know, go last year, two years ago, right? There were some stretches where they looked like one of the absolute worst teams in the country. Now, again, showing a little bit of a pulse, not, as terrible as they have been before. Uh, Southern Illinois, you know, obviously a solid team, but this is a pretty big number. Southern has been pretty accurate with Southern Illinois with regards to its projections, and it's underestimated Chicago State by about six points a game. We're to the point of the season where six points is a lot because we have a, enough data that that's, that's a decent amount of points that it's missed on Chicago State. Southern says this should be Southern Illinois by 14. If it continues to miss on Chicago State, maybe that means 12, 13. Um, maybe, maybe. We'll be on the other side of the back door on this one, <laughs> like we were with with you know with Houston or Utah or UAB or some of those grabbing and the all these goes points on and on and on. It seemingly goes on and on. Uh, Jake, why is Chicago State plus 15 and a half your best B side?
1: Like well, if you would have told me at any point last year that we were going to be backing them in mm-hmm. under twenty, like without getting twenty, I I would have laughed my butt off. But now after watching against what against, an,
0: time, against an above average team, too, yeah. not
1: like against like IUPUI or something, yeah. right? <laughs> Yeah, like this yeah. is uh, – I mean, maybe they've I, I mean, they figured something out in the last couple games. I mean, when they've played teams relatively the same as Southern Illinois, like talent-wise, they've got a couple 12-point losses and then a couple one-point losses. They've got a decent offense that's still way below average, but they do a really good job on the boards. Um, they hit free throws at a r- really high clip. Uh, trending towards average, which is yeah. crazy to say.
0: I mean, their defense is still terrible, but their offense is actually, yeah, looking yeah. reasonable. Yeah, which is
1: – Incredible, shocking uh, to it's say. Incredible <laughs> turnaround. Uh, very, and they're a very average three-point shooting team to go along with that. The slow pace helps them stay in games. Southern Indiana's got a really good defense, but a very Illinois. very average offense. So, so,
0: Southern yeah. Illinois, yeah. Sorry, yeah. I Southern Illinois, yeah, whatever. Uh, which which last year wasn't a big deal, but now that Southern Indiana is D one, it's like I, between all the directional Illinois Indiana, I feel like we're
1: going to missay all, all those schools. <laughs> they're, they're, they're all the same to me. Uh, yeah. But, I mean, they're just not that great of an offensive team. They also play at a really slow pace. They struggle rebounding the ball and have a hard time holding on to it. They're a pretty average three-point shooting team. So, I I just don't see a lot of points happening in this game. Um, I mean, I oh, know the def- like Chicago State's defense is bad, but uh, mm-hmm. Southern Illinois doesn't seem to be the team to take advantage of it um, with the pace. The 15-and-a-half just seems like way too much. And, I mean, like a side note here, with Chicago State getting better. I mean, they were – they were down 22 to UT Martin, came back, lost by one in overtime. And then on the other end of that, they were up 22 <laughs> against Murray and lost by one. So, I mean, maybe they're figuring something out. I, I don't know. But it's, it's neat to see.
0: Yeah, the UT Martin, that we had UT Martin, I think it's an angry play. That was just maddening. But watching it, it was, I was like, Chicago State like, didn't quit like that. They could have rolled over, and they didn't. And, uh, I mean, hats off to them. You know who is built to take advantage of Chicago State's bad defense? Marshall, who they played early this year in Marshall and lost by 12. And that just kind of goes to show like the Chicago State team, again, not good, but just not that punching bag that they were before. Again, no locks and gambling, right? But the way they've been playing, um, they are they are the slow pace. I mean, this should be a grinded out. Again, not an interesting game, not an entertaining game, but one that we think can hang around that 10-point margin. And Chicago State playing a couple one-point games might actually hang in there. Again, uh, the one-point loss to Murray State on the road, uh, yeah. And of course, they they were up in that one. That's that was crazy. The, the comeback in Tennessee Martin. Um, I mean, you said they've they've played some decent games here. Um, I think this line's a little bit still hanging on to the perception
1: of the bad Chicago States. And this team, just not as bad as they used to be. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, speaking of Southern Indiana, uh, Southern Illinois dropped a game to Southern Indiana, and that's one of Chicago State's three wins. So I mean, mm. I like. It's it's kind of wild to think about that maybe Chicago State as an upper hand in this game. I don't think that's true at all, but I mean, well, maybe it, I mean, we can, we can all dream, right? Yeah. <laughs> but again, I would have never said that they
0: would even hang in with either yeah. of those last two games. And so, I mean, uh, I, I would say no, but also I would have been dead wrong in the last two games too, because that was just both wild occurrences. So who knows if they can yeah. kind of replicate that, but again, they're, they're moving in the right direction. So uh, you like grabbing the 15 and a half with yeah. Chicago state. That's your best B side. I'm going to give you my best B side in the bonus B side segment. Mississippi Valley State getting – nine. talk about bad teams and getting points. Mississippi Valley State plus 19.5 at Tulsa. Total in this one is 136. And because I am a man of the people, I'm actually going to give you two picks right here and now. Both Mississippi Valley State plus 19.5. I like grabbing all those points. It's a B grade according to the model. It is a B plus grade according to the model. It just doesn't quite get to an A grade play. Sideline says it should be – uh, 17, so we're getting a little bit of value here, and I'm also going to give you the under 136. Skyline says it should be about 133. This is a situation where I think I like I like both picks. They're correlated. I might put a half unit, you know, a quarter unit on a parlay. There wouldn't be a bad idea because if 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 one hits, the other is more likely to hit. It's not so much that. Uh, you can't lose them both. You can absolutely lose them both, but there's a little bit of uh, positive correlation here in these picks because if Mississippi Valley State hangs in there, it's probably because it's just a grinded out, ugly basketball game, and that makes the under more likely to hit. So one's may, may, knowing that if one hits, the other one hits more likely, that makes it a, a – Decent opportunity for a little parlay if that's something you're interested in. If not, play on both, uh, or play whichever one you like the most. But I'm giving out officially both Mississippi Valley State plus 19 and a half, and the under 136. And we've got a little bit of value on both of these. The model has faded Tulsa six times and is six and 0 doing it. Uh, Tulsa's only covered one game all season. This is a pretty big number. Mississippi Valley State, the model's back nine times and has gone six and three. So Mississippi Valley State, again, not a good team, but the numbers have just been too big most of the season for them. And this is a situation where they've been overperforming the model. Tulsa's been underperforming the model. I think they can hang in there and, again, lose this by about 15 or so. Sideline projects the score for this one to be about 75 to 58. That would give us the under and give us the cover of Mississippi Valley State plus 19 and a half.
1: Yeah, I, I really don't think Tulsa's got the got the horses here to to get up twenty twenty five to cover that nineteen and a half. I, I don't think they've got it in them. I don't think they want to really, but. <laughs>
0: Or they might want to, but can, can they, yeah. this Is the other yeah. question, right? Do they have the ability to, and that's where it's like, you know, Mississippi Valley State's not good. Tulsa's not very good either. Right. Uh, Mississippi Valley State plays a lot of road games. So it shouldn't be a, it's not like a road environment that's going to really throw them off right. because as, uh, as a lot of teams in their situation do at that tier of division, when they end up playing a lot of road games, that's right. uh, how they build their athletic budget, right? It's something we all know happens. So right. they're used to playing road games. It's not like one of those, oh, this is their first true road game of the season. Like, I don't know how many they played, but I guarantee it's been a lot relative to how many games they've played this season. Uh, So again, grabbing the points there and grabbing the under, which takes us to the professor. I'm going to give you a C-grade play. I've got an angle on this. The model doesn't have an angle on this one, but I have something that's caught my eye. 5.30 p.m. Central, a game you also don't want to watch. Bethune Cookman, at Incarnate Word. Uh, It feels a lot like the Elon Presbyterian game, just in how ugly this one's going to be. The angle that I have for you on this one, and the model isn't. Uh, it doesn't love this play. and it's only a C-grade play, but I'm going to lay the one with Incarnate Ward. And the reason why it's as simple as this, if you look at the Ken Palm number on this, he has Bethune-Cookman favored by two, but Incarnate Ward is actually favored by one. And when you have these situations, oftentimes when the book deviates that much from the Ken Palm number, it's like there's something happening that, People know that his model is not taking into account. Sometimes it's injuries, sometimes it's suspensions, sometimes it's things like that. But it's one of those where, when uh, the bookmakers and the people who move the lines disagree that much, it tends to be a situation where it's like they know they know some. It's not the it's not a trap. It's not. It's just one of those like they know something. They know some things that a model. All models are not perfect. All models are wrong. Some models are useful, right? If you, if you know anything about statistics, you've heard that that quote before. Something is, is missing here. And so I'm just going to say, hey, I'm going to go with it and say, I think they know something. I'm going to be on that side. I'm going to lay the one with Incarnate Ward. I, I, again, it's always a situation you love when your uh, goals are aligned with the team's goals. You don't have to. There's no about covering. There's no big numbers or anything like that. It's just win the game at home. Neither one of these teams is very good. Uh, and so, again, whatever that the odds makers and the people who... Put enough money on these games to move the number. Uh, whatever they see that Ken Palm doesn't see, I'm going to be on that side. I'm going to lay the one with Incarnate Word. I think it makes
1: a lot of sense here for your Friday night. Yeah, yeah. With these two teams, I'm always going to be taking the home team. I don't think either one's going to be able to travel and beat the other one at their house.
0: Yeah, I feel like the, this was where Cousin Jared would say, these are teams that play basketball (laughs) because it's not, again, not a game you want to watch. Not, not one that's been on a, I don't think I've had either one of these teams on any, I got like five games up at a time. Usually I'm watching a lot of basketball and I don't think I've seen that one
1: second of either one of these teams this year. Yeah. I don't, I don't think I have either.
0: Yeah. All right. That'll take us to the total of the day. My favorite total, at least as of right now is the under 131 and a half in Dartmouth at South Florida. It's a 6 PM central Tip sideline says this should be 126. It's the biggest total edge on the board. Uh, you've got a South Florida team that just wants to play pretty slow, and a Dartmouth team that just does not have a good offense whatsoever. And so, we're going to go under on this one with regards to how the model has handled these teams on totals. It's been a little bit overestimating on Dartmouth and a little underestimating on South Florida. Uh, so it kind of balances that out. I think the model's number of 126 is pretty solid, 131 and a half just one way too many. It's the biggest total edge that I can see on the board for Friday. So we're going to go under in that one.
1: Yeah. There's no reason to play the over here, South Florida will dominate this game and they'll be able to just control the pace and Dartmouth won't have much to do about it.
0: It's, It's like we've been talking a lot about, right? The team that's the better team. If there's a, if there's a decent discrepancy tends to dictate the pace on average, South Florida is a much better team than Dartmouth. Uh, The travel spot, right? It's no time zone. It's a pretty long travel. Um, So South Florida should be able to control the tempo on this one. Dartmouth wants to play faster. The reason this total might be a little higher is because Dartmouth plays a little faster, but uh, South Florida should be able to control this game. And when they control the game and the tempo, slow it down a little bit, that's going to drive us way under. And Dartmouth's offense, just, again, just pretty bad.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We had a very similar one with Mississippi State and Jacksonville. That one. I think the under pushed, I don't think it hit, mm. but I think it pushed. But, I mean, those teams are a little bit better than both these teams. I don't think there's any way Dartmouth is going to be able to do what Jacksonville State did to yeah. Mississippi State.
0: All right, that brings us to the must-see TV game of the day. I teased this in yesterday show that there was one game that's <laughs> worth watching, and here it is, 7.30 p.m. Central Creighton and Marquette. Marquette is a four-point favorite. Jake, why are you laying
1: the four with Marquette? I just I can't figure out what's happened with Creighton. They made it up to number seven <laughs> in the nation and looked and looked like the team that most people thought they were coming into the year. And now they've got what a lot of five-game losing streak, losing to Nebraska, BYU, and Arizona State with three in a row here. That's it's nothing nothing to be proud of. Um, I mean, it should be a fascinating game, really. You get fast-paced, offensively-driven teams. Marquette's actually got the better offense if you start diving into the metrics, and Creighton with a better defense. So that's, I mean, that was from the outside looking in until you start really digging into it. That doesn't feel like it should be the, that way. But, I mean, Creighton, when they don't have the three ball going, it's they, they struggle. They don't do well about forcing turnovers. They hang on to the ball well, but they just – don't force a lot of turnovers. Well, Marquette forces a ton of turnovers. Um, Shaka Smart and this Marquette team are going to make life hard on all the Creighton guards. And they like both teams like to play fast. I think that's Creighton's detriment right now because they have no hardly any bench. I mean, their last three losses, they've had seven points from the bench, eight points, and then sixteen. And the sixteen was one guy. I mean, and he played twenty minutes. It's it's not. Going well for them there on the bench. They just can't find somebody else to produce. And like Marquette's got the bodies to keep throwing at them and keep that pace going. uh Foul trouble is going to be a big factor here. Creighton's fouling a little bit more than they normally do in the last few games. Uh, and Marquette is going to be very aggressive and draw a lot of fouls. So I, I think they're going to be in trouble there towards the middle part of the second half. There's going to be some key guys sitting down, and Marquette's going to be like, develop their lead there. So I think Marquette will prove that they're the better team tonight.
0: I I love the Big East playing these Friday Night Conference games because yeah. they're usually at least quasi-interesting, competitive, or they mean something. Uh, should be a rocking crowd there at Marquette. I mean, I know that we've got uh, finals, maybe kids going home for the break, but I mean – you ought to be able to find enough basketball fans in the area to go to this one and fill the place up and be a pretty big environment It's a big game. You know, it's early in conference and you never know how everything's going to shake out and who's going to need wins to just make the tournament as a, as a 10 seed if they struggle or who's playing for better seating than that. Uh, you know, the biggies could be a little bit of a, a minefield this year, you know, and if you, if you end up losing a bunch of tight games, you're someone in that conference that we think is going to make it might be on the outside looking in. You, so you just never know right yeah. where you're going to be in that regard or, or who might need this win to try to win the conference. Right. So, I mean, Anything could you could look back on the end of, at the end of the season, look back on this game and almost have any narrative you want. So they know at this point they want to get the win in the back. So it should be a great atmosphere, it should be an entertaining game. Uh, like I said, I love a big east doing this because otherwise the Friday slates are usually a little bit weaker. But at least getting a couple of games here on, on national TV gets us some exciting basketball here on Friday night. Well, I'll take us to our overtime segment the actual the undercard to that <laughs> big east game <laughs> Xavier and Georgetown. At least it's Higher-level basketball, I mm. guess is what I will say. Um, Xavier is an 11-point favorite over Georgetown. The model has a B-grade pick on Georgetown, plus 11, says it should only be 10, I, I know nothing to say about that. It's as I mentioned at the top of the show, I recommend playing the A grade plays, the B grade play. If you like it played, it. if not, I have no feel on this at this number at different numbers. Maybe you talk me to different things. But at this point, I have no idea on the side. Xavier should win the game. I think we all agree with that. But you're going to talk about the total 156 and a half. Sideline says it should be 157 and a half.
1: What is your pick for us on this one? Look, I really like the over here. You've got two really fast-paced teams that love to score. I mean, Xavier is one of the better offenses out there. They're 10th in mm-hmm. effective field goal percentage, 6th in three-point percentage, and they've broken 80 in seven of their 11 games, and two of the ones they didn't, they got to 79. So, I mean, they're going to be way up there in uh, speed and pace and points. Georgetown – when they show up, they can really score points. They've they put up a ton of points in some games and then have just totally disappeared, sometimes in the same game, uh, first and second half. Which is,
0: but so they've crazy. had a lot – about half their games, I think, have been that where, like, one half is they look great, the other half look terrible. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and I mean, they love to give up points. I mean, it's going to be – It's like, defense is not going to be something that's happened very often in this game. Uh, both teams do a good job with their free throws. Uh, like, the, the trouble here is – like, and I think this is where Xavier really starts to pull away from Georgetown. Is Georgetown loves to block shots and they're really good mm-hmm. at blocking shots. But even doing so, chasing those blocks, you're going to foul. You have mm-hmm. a good free throw shooting mm-hmm. team that's going to end up with more, more points with st- the clock stopped, and that helps us for the over. I really see this game being up closer to the 160s, giving like an 88 79 kind of vibe, like mm-hmm. that, that, right around there, more so than being the mid 150s, because I think Xavier's going to really. Push the pace, and Georgetown's going to fall right in the line with that.
0: Yeah, sideline says eighty-four, seventy-four. Expecting the average pace between the two, but if Xavier does control the tempo a little bit more, it could easily be a little bit higher than that and get up towards one hundred and sixty for sure. Um, this one, I think, is so fascinating when you talk about George. I don't think we've talked about them hardly at all this season, but a, a Patrick Ewing coach team playing such poor defense is it's unbelievable. It's kind of mind blowing that you just wouldn't have thought that. I mean, uh, you got maybe a,
1: kid on there too. Like it's yeah.
0: That? Yeah. It's like, and maybe that's an unfair assessment. I, I, it's just, it's just kind of surprising to me. Yeah. Uh, it's not what I would have expected, but we, we talk also about smart coaches trying to play to their team. And really, I, again, I hate to say it, but it, it almost feels a little bit like when you're struggling really on one side of the ball or the other, you really want to slow the pace down and Georgetown's, probably the worst team in the big East and knowing that they're going, if not the worst, the second worst, I mean, they're way down at the bottom. And, you know, knowing that they're going to struggle in conference play, I'm just surprised they're playing so fast. Like the faster they play, the more you're going to expose that defense. And like you said, teams are going to put up a lot of points. We're going to be going over, I think, Either over or we're gonna just see a lot of points and a lot of high totals in Georgetown games because their defense is probably the worst in the conference as well. If that's the worst, it's the second worst. I mean, it's bad for how yeah. good that conference is. It's just not a good defense, and playing fast just makes it makes it, it just amplifies that issue.
1: Yeah, yeah, they're gonna run into this a lot. Like it's gonna be a lot of kind of over. Like the numbers catching up to Georgetown, but I mean, they don't play hardly any defense and they're in a yeah. conference loaded with offensive talent. Yeah. Like UConn and Butler. And, and, it, and teams
0: that will play fast as well. Yes. It's not yeah. just to offense. It's not like Virginia talent where it's like they're efficiently good, right? Or, yeah. you know, or Houston talent where they're efficient. It's teams that are good on offense and they're going to push the push the tempo. And Yeah. yeah I think we're going to see a lot of like near 160 totals in Georgetown games because they just don't play any defense. And, yeah. you know, it's something to keep an eye on. Uh Last thing I'll say about this game, something to keep an eye on as season goes along. If at some point, Patrick Ewing decides to pivot and decides we've got to start trying to slow these teams down. We'll have to make the adjustment as well for now. It hasn't happened, but it is something to keep an eye on because if they continue to play fast and, or get drug up with their opponents and decide, just like you said, just go with it and just kind of say, Hey, you want to go fast? We'll go fast too. As long as that happens and over is a solid look until the number gets outrageous. But if he decides to pivot and actually, slow things down and start grinding it out. Like I think he probably should to give him his best chance of winning. That's when maybe we take a different direction. Hasn't happened yet. So until it does, I'm with you. I think the over makes some sense
1: here. Yeah. He's not, he's not got the players to do it. I mean, Primo Spears is good, but after that, the team has not got the guards to really, or the yeah. like, it takes a defense to make a stand sometimes like that to slow a game yeah. down. They don't have it. Yeah.
0: All right. That'll take you to my overtime pick. 7 p.m. Central. Austin P versus Murray State. This is the other A-grade play um, that I like. Again, one more in the in the Google sheet already given out to our uh, Patreon starters. But this is the other A-grade pick we're going to talk about on this show. Murray State, six and a half point favorite. Sideline says this should be eight and a half. To me the bottom line on this one is that both these teams have been pretty spot on with regards to Model Murray State's an average team at home against a bad team in Austin P they ought to be able to win this we got two chances to win i like that this number is below 7 at 7 or below i like it cuz you got two ways to win the fouls it's easier to get to 7 than is a number like 8 or 9 or they could just run away and just have a 10 point victory so it's two solid chances to win this Murray State good enough to just just run away and just be up by 15 in the second half, or if they're only up five late, we can get through a foul. thousand so again. Two chances to win this game. I like laying a number like six and a half with Murray State, or seven. I think is also acceptable. Above that gets a little bit dicier, but at least right now, locking this number in early on, I think you got a lot of value here at six and a half.
1: Yeah, you got to think. Prom has been all over his team's butt for the Chicago State being like needing that comeback against that team. So you, you got to think they're going to come out and be ready to go for this one.
0: Good week of practice, hopefully. <laughs> all right. Well, then that is all we've got for you. Jake, any parting words for people's Friday college basketball betting?
1: Uh, no. I mean, this. like I said last time, we'll get ready for Saturday. Saturday starts a real, real good <laughs> slate, and I can't wait for it.
0: Usually, Thursdays will operate – our Thursday shows for Friday games will operate like the earlier week one. Again, if you're interested in the schedule and you ever lose it, there's a whole page on the website for mm-hmm. www.pictoprofessor.com slash schedule. But our Friday show for Saturday games will operate like this one. This is just kind of a one-off uh, here. I think we did the last week too, though. Uh, we'll get the show out on YouTube on late Friday night for the Saturday games. And if you're with us on Patreon, it'll be out – by, by dinner time mm. on Friday night as well, so you can have even extra time to prep for all those Saturday games. So get out there a little bit earlier for you on Saturday, a little bit earlier for you here too, mainly because we were bored and there's nothing else happening. So we figured you might as well just do <laughs> a show. Anyway, when there's only a handful of games, it's like you might as well just knock it out, right?
1: Yeah. Go on with the rest of the uh,
0: Exactly, exactly. All right, well, thanks for tuning into this episode of Picks with the Professor. Don't forget to subscribe so you can ensure all the sports betting content we've run on this channel. Jumped right into your feed. Again, we'll be back tomorrow with more college basketball betting content. If you haven't seen it yet, check out the early bowl game episode where Cousin Jared and I break down all the Friday and Saturday bowl games. So we see you again, as always, best of luck. And remember, you can eat your betting money, but please don't bet you're eating money.